0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: All right. And now getting to the guest line, the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Stores guest line. They are truly steps beyond convenient. Our next guest uh, calls the Ravens games up in Baltimore, Kadir Ismail. Uh, Thanks a lot for joining us. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys having me on. I want to start here with you. Uh, The Ravens, obviously, very, very good defensively. Um, Offensively, where are they right now? What kind of a season has Joe Flacco had?
2: Well, I think he's had a subpar season. Uh, I think that he has had his moments where you can see his brilliance and what makes him the franchise quarterback. But then I think there are too many moments where you you would like to have some of those throws, some of those decisions back, and – because of that, you know, it's kind of a so far season. It's not where he would have wanted it to be by any stretch of the imagination. The uh
3: the, the Baltimore run defense we we know is number one in the NFL, I believe seventy four point nine yards per game. How are the Dolphins going to effectively uh, mount a, a rushing attack? And I and I, and I mean in, in yards per carry or total yards. What, what 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 would you look for to call this an effective rushing attack by the Dolphins when the game is over?
2: I think more than anything, it's trying to uh, take advantage of the, the, the rush offense when you see the Ravens nickel defense on the field. I think there are times where – uh, Brandon Williams and Michael Pierce, both defensive tackles for the Ravens. Um, they just do an amazing job of creating push up front in the A and B gaps, the line between the guard and the uh, center and outside the guard and the tackle. I think they do such an effective job of being so destructive up front there that when the nickel defense comes in a the game, there are times where – I think a team could take advantage of it. So I think if you know Miami can get you know maybe a three wide receiver look into the game and you know uh, D and defensive coordinator is forced to play a nickel package, there might be some opportunities to you know take advantage of of running the ball effectively. And uh, basically, I think what you know teams have uh, had some moderate success is when they have not been in that third long. If you've had that. They're unmanageable. I think that's when you could see where, okay, they're continually getting the first down. If you're on the field, eventually they're going to have to have their rotation come through, and that's where I think you could uh, see a, a crack in the mighty run defensive armor of the Baltimore Ravens.
1: Talking to Cadre uh again, uh, played for the Ravens, played here for the Dolphins as well. Um, and Do we have to
2: bring up the Dolphins? Yeah, one? I'm sorry. I <laughs> know you. Know, know. It was one of those – it was one of those years where I called it my wilderness experience, and bottom line was, Jimmy Johnson, love him, hate him, whatever. I had a tremendous amount of respect for him as a head coach. He would always come up to me and tell me himself that you know I wasn't going to be active for the game, and you know it, it was a little thing. And some people might say, well, you know, hey, that just was the big deal. I think for me, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't have any mixed messages. You knew where you stood with Jimmy. But at the same time, I also worked on my craft and it helped me become the player once I left the Dolphins and was able to blossom and become a Super Bowl champion.
1: All right, we'll see. Uh, that's a that's a good segue here because Mike Wallace was with the Dolphins and now he's with Baltimore and taking what? Did, well, it's probably not such a good segue. It's not really a, a, a good connector, but I'll go there anyway. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Mike Wallace and as a receiver. And what kind of job do you think he's done this year? There was some criticism of him in Miami for not fighting for the ball enough. Do you think he's done that for his quarterback this year?
2: Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. There have been a couple of times where, you know, we've uh, actually traveled down to Miami and and covered the Ravens-Dolphin games. And, you know, for sure, we had that kind of, I'd say, uh, I am my quality You can't necessarily uh, touch me or – there are times where, you know, he had a diesel-like attitude that went beyond saying, hey, give me the ball. It was more along the lines of, you know, I'm not necessarily going to be uh, that number one threat. And as you alluded to, fight for the ball. Well, I don't know what happened between then and now, but all I know is you see a complete receiver now. You see a guy that is, you know, taking the ball 95 yards to the house against his former first team in the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it had nothing to do with running down the football field. And everything to do with man to man coverage, getting off the line of scrimmage effectively, and then running a great route, avoiding the safety, and then taking it to the house. Um, You know, he's done a phenomenal job of, you know, being more of a complete receiver. You know, he's run a ton of underneath routes, catches the ball very, very effectively, and uh, has shown a lot of toughness. So, you know, I I think, uh, you know, it just takes a bit for, you know, certain receivers to kind of get it. And I know for, In fact, what
3: I've seen so far, he absolutely gets it. Country, I got a a weather question for you. I know that – well, I I think that it's supposed to be like 47 uh, and and 10% chance of rain up there on Sunday, so weather shouldn't be a factor. But as as a former player, when is weather a factor? And, you know, the Dolphins fans always get concerned when they see they're at the Jets in December, at Buffalo in December – how big a factor is weather? Because I always figure by the time a guy gets to the NFL, he's played in weather in either high school and or college. So uh, how big a factor is weather? How does it affect teams?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, last week was an indication of the weather in Baltimore. Um, it was a nice day in that it was 53 degrees and, uh, you know, sunny skies and all that, but it was a crazy uh, day when it came to judging the wind, And so I'm on the sideline for the games, and, you know, I get a chance to figure out the conditions of the wind, and oftentimes reporting it back up to the booth. And basically, it went from, and typically, I should say, it goes from the Ravens sideline over to the Dolphins. Well, it was the opposite, where it went from the Bengals over to the Ravens, and it had a swirling lower bowl type wind. So if you're looking for your kicking game or you're looking for your passing attack to kind of be effective, that's that's something that you got to factor in. And I think, you know, again, it's supposed to be nice, a little bit colder uh, than the 46 that was uh, projected, but it's supposed to be a good, strong, solid football-type day. (laughs) However, at the same time, the wind will definitely play a factor.
1: Talking to Kondre Ismail here, last one for him. Again, does some work on the radio. That's with WBAL, correct? correct there, yeah um the the Ravens I, you know I feel like they're it, it's it, everything is sort of sneaky with them this year because I don't feel like they've emerged offensively and yet the division like the Bengals were not what they were supposed are not what they were supposed to be uh you know you take a look at at Pittsburgh they've they're not what they're supposed to be and so the Ravens are right there are people excited about this team in Baltimore I
2: think they are cautiously optimistic uh, the fact that they're undefeated in the division, that's a bonus. Uh, the fact that uh, Pittsburgh is, you know, looking up at Baltimore, everyone here is always happy about that. But uh, I, I think, you know, again, offensively, it's, it's like, hey, man, you got Steve Smith's You got uh, strong weapons on the outside, and, and uh, first round takes the shot here, man. And- oh, yeah. I, th-
1: I think we just lost Codry. Yep. But we appreciate him joining us. Yeah. Um
3: I th- yeah, I think we just lost him. Oh well. His sounds sounded like he was about to make a nice point there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Well, people
1: are uh people are excited about well, they're six and five, right? And yep. but but that division, this is what happens with the four team divisions.
3: Cleveland is meeting expectations. Well in <laughs> yeah. the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah. Nobody is surprised No. by no, them. Nobody nobody is surprised. I could, you think they could go winless? Could, could, uh, could they match Detroit? I mean, their remaining schedule is, what is, is, their is remaining? almost irrelevant. It's, it's all about Cleveland and their ineptitude. Can, can, well, can, they, can I mean, they have I mean, enough they're, blunders they're, to overcome the schedule, no matter who's on that schedule? I, I think they can do it.
1: I mean, their best – oh, we got Cadre back? Sorry about that. We just lost you. We lost you to the wilderness, to use one of your words. <laughs> uh, I
2: understood. No, no, no. What I was uh, saying was that for the Ravens, fan base, and for this division, it's all there for the taken, But can you see the hold of it? Again, you're talking about an AFC opponent that they themselves, the offense, six games in a row, you're looking really good. Uh, this is, I think, a, a good mile marker because you're going to go up against the big, bad uh, Gronk left, uh, New England Patriots on Monday Night Football. But I think this is a, a game you would want to star on your calendar if you think you're a playoff team. You want to do create some good separation between you and the next guy down, which is the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Well, one thing uh, they don't get the Browns again, right? So they're done with the Browns. So that's uh, that's a bit problematic because we know. I mean, the Browns may be headed for a winless season here. I, what was what was sort of your more most frustrating? I can't imagine what those guys are going through at zero and twelve.
2: Yeah, I trust me. I I think in my professional. Collegiate and scholastic careers, I had two losing seasons. Mm. Uh, Water was with the Saints. We had the worst coaching staff known to man. And who was on that we... staff, by the way?
3: <laughs> say that again? Oh, who was on that staff? Let's hear some names.
2: Yeah. Uh, you can go ahead and look it up, and you can then, therefore, report it back. I don't even want to say their names. They're not even worth it to say. <laughs> But uh, they were horrible. No, it was like we were making up. of fact, I remember Jack Del Rio was my teammate in Minnesota. Jack was uh, kind of working his way through the coaching ranks, and Jack and I would talk, and I'm like, Jack, have you ever seen where we were putting in offensive line protection calls on Saturday? Like, who does that? <laughs> no one. No one. Like, it was crazy. We would put in red zone offensive plays on a Friday. Friday is going to be perfect practice, feel good about yourself, and we'll put, well, no, 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 let's, let's change it up. And he would kind of like shake his head, and he was like, yeah, here we are, we're going over some red zone defensive schemes and blitz packages where we should have already had that settled out. So it was, it was by far the worst set of coaches, ever assembled in the history of man, and that's why we had that losing season. And then I got to go back to high school in my doggone sophomore year we had a bunch of seniors who were a bunch of idiots. But that was it. So that was uh,
1: 1998, Kadri? No, no, that was my senior year. That's when we were ballers. No no, was, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. no. I'm asking about the Saints. Your year with the no, Saints. No, no, no,
2: 1990, 1990.
1: All right, all right, all right. We'll 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 uh, we'll do no, some. No,
2: ninety eight was the.
1: Uh... Yeah. Minute, let me see. That was
2: ninety eight. Yeah, because ninety seven. Well, right. see, two years of the wilderness experience. I had to I had to learn what was what. What <laughs> was in Miami and what was in New Orleans. At least Miami had some continuity. but Mother of pearl. Because of the Saints, and it's like, what, what are we doing here? It was it was horrible. <laughs>
1: I uh, all right. We'll do a little bit. Of, we'll do a little Thanks bit of searching here. I, I I think there's a pretty famous name was the head coach of that team in Oh, 98. i it, Mike Yeah,
2: uh, there you go. That, that. that yeah. is a that is a strong finish,
1: Conner. <laughs> that is a strong finish. Right. I like I, I'll let you do it instead of us. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the insight on the Ravens. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, man.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?